This episode of the Big Head Chats podcast on the On The Pine Sports Network is brought to you by Mulcahy Co. Marketing. For all your marketing needs, Gav and the team have you covered. They do it all, including making our new website. They made the process of creating and continually editing a website super easy. And the end result? Well, I'll let you check it out for yourself at www.onthepinesports.com.au. They also build online stores using Shopify. In these COVID-19 times when going online has been a must for some businesses, Gavin, the guys know how to get you there. Check out their latest store at www.wardrobebythesea.com.au. Now, some podcasts might give you a little discount code, but I'm not quite there yet, so keep listening, and maybe I will be one day. But anyway, you should check them out at www.molkay.com.au slash marketing. That's www.molkay.com.au slash marketing. Now, to big head chats, let's go. is back, glass half full, glass half empty, version two, other three teams to discuss today, but I welcome Will again, the analytics guy. 8% oh, is the number that you would expect if you flip 100, a coin 100 times, 8% is the number that you would expect for them to land 50 heads and 50 tails. Okay. There you go. There you go, listeners. That's the that's the stat that you needed this weekend. Start I the day. feel it. That's what you need on a Sunday night for Sunday us. Sunday night, yeah. Great start by you. Thank you. <laughs> so we're recording this. It's uh it's Sunday, twenty sixth of July. It's about ten past eight. Got a bit of a late night podcast tonight, aren't we? Just had our dinner. Yeah. What'd you have, Will? I had dumplings, chicken and kimchi dump there dumplings on a nice rocket salad bed. Yeah. Got some freshly squeezed lemon and a lemongrass marinade. Get a little bit get red a little, onion. Getting a little bit fancy there. I'm always a bit fancy. You are a bit fancy, actually. Do you want to, you want to ask what I have? Oh, what did you have, Ol? I know you <laughs> just, just burri- don't want to just, tell just, everyone. Just burritos. Nothing fancy. Um, yeah, just stack it full of shit. How's the clean-up, though? Non-existent. There was nothing to clean up. <laughs> That's why we make burritos. And I think the... Few dishes I had, I think you did them. So, much love to you. You're welcome. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> now, uh, what are we sipping on? We're sipping on some gold nails. We are. Well deserved Sunday night treat. We've worked really hard in lockdown this weekend. There's been heaps to do. Sent about six job applications <laughs> the past two days. There's not much else to do. There's nothing else to I've do. I've started my F1 season on the, on the PlayStation. You have, and you've done all right. started well. Max Verstappen, shout out. Max Verstappen. If Red Bull wants to sponsor us, I mean... I'll, I'll gladly take Red Bull sponsoring us. I don't know if you'll drink the Red Bull yourself. Oh, okay. Actually, you might need to edit that oh. out. <laughs> we, have any hope we, we just lost sponsored. all hope. All hope's I'll gone. drink it all. <laughs> Whatever we welcome I don't you Red drink, Bull. he will have. Exactly. Always with the leftovers. <laughs> yeah, correct. Now we're uh, we're going to discuss Utah, Toronto, and Portland today. So some pretty pretty interesting teams to discuss. Actually, a bit of bit to um, unpack in all those three um, heading to the bubble. But we're going to start with the news that New York Knicks have reportedly agreed to a five year deal with their new head coach Tom Thibodeau. So Woj dropped that bomb as he always does. Um, my first thoughts are. I mean, good coach, good track record, playoffs, good cultural guys. In a, you know, they're gonna have to play hard because he will make them play hard. But it also wouldn't surprise me if he's gone in a year and a half, going off the Knicks' track record in their last six coaches. What are your first thoughts? Do you agree? Oh, first thoughts, just <laughs> you got to applaud it. I mean, I'm happy with the fact they didn't go for a rookie coach. I mean, it um, seems this to, wasn't going to end well. It seems to be a trend. Well, recently, anyway, you have a lot of rookie coaches. Some have had success, some haven't. But the current state that the Knicks are in, I think they need someone who's going to hold every player accountable and put in a bit of actual, just some team structure, so that everyone's not just playing for the next paycheck. Yeah. So just sort of letting them know that you can get the paycheck by playing team ball. I think. Do you think? I feel like he'll know who he wants to get, or the kind of guys he wants to get. 
Um, he'll know what he wants to build around, you know, RJ and some of those young guys. Um, and I, may, you know, maybe I'll just force them to actually go and get guys that are going to be there for a long period, not not like the current crop, Randall, Portis, Taj Gibson are just playing for the next contract on one-year deals. Um, maybe Thibodeau is going to get him on that good track where you're actually building something. Do you, do you sense that? I, can, I, I completely feel that. I 100% agree. Um, also, I can see a lot of similarities in Jimmy Butler and RJ Barrett. Yep. Players that tend to hang around the mid-range, can handle the ball, distribute mm-hmm. the ball. and Like you said, Tib knows his guys. Yeah. He knows who he likes and he likes hard-working guys and I think RJ falls into that. And yep. Other guys like Dennis Smith Jr. and Kevin Knox and all them that we've seen that they're very hard-working guys. Even Frank Nilakina as well. Yeah. I feel yeah yes I feel like Frank's gonna He'll be able to squeeze all the yeah. all the playable juices every, out of Frank and every good thing Frank has in his game is gonna be found and put on showcase I think exactly. under Tib. So, um, what do you think of a potential Lamelo Ball playing under Tom Thibodeau in the Garden? Uh, well, so we we discussed off air about his chances of going to the Knicks. And it all fit in, you know, who Lamelo Ball is, his dad, you know, big market. It's where, you know, he's comfortable in that big market already. He's been he's been in the spotlight since he was 15, but I just didn't want him to go there based on who they are now, the team they've got, the, the culture. But now that they've hired Thibodeau, it's, uh, You're a bit more I'm a bit more, yeah, coming around to the idea because... I just think he'll learn quickly all the right habits and, um, you know, got some decent guards there. Um, RJ and, and Frank, you know, they've been there a couple, or RJ one year, Frank a couple of years, so you can learn a bit off them as well. They've, they've um, had some experience and then couple that with the coach. feel more comfortable, but I still want to go to Boston. <laughs> like I said, I'm ahead, which is not going to happen, but it would just be so good. Um, yeah, I love the meme that you found today, though, when RJ Barrett realised he's going to be playing 50 oh. minutes again. <laughs> Wouldn't we know that RJ Thibs... Barrett's career has just been shortened a good five years because of the UCG and Luol Dang is the he is the <laughs> example. Joakim Noah <laughs> literally went from like. Top minutes played in the league. Game once, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think so. At least one. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, out, like never to be seen again. <laughs> I don't, is he still? Is he on the Lakers roster? Still getting paid? He's still getting paid on the Lakers roster. But he's not on the Lakers roster. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I just scared. I think. <laughs> <laughs> don't um, blame so that's the news of the day. Um, so we're going to shift our focus to Utah. Um, Currently fourth, only a game and a half off Denver in third. Um, a lot of drama to end there before the lockdown, um, or during lockdown, really, with Rudy Gobert getting coronavirus, um, basically giving it to Donovan Mitchell, and he was so reckless with, as we saw, touching all the microphones. So that was definitely an issue. Um, and now they're missing well, Donovan Mitchell as well. Um, through injury, so what do you? What's your glass half full for the Utah Jazz? Uh, glass half full. I mean, they've had some decent success in the past few years. We've seen what Donovan can do, even from his rookie year. He he has that killer instinct when it comes to games that matter, and well, he, he can play. He's a bowler. He's, yeah, and he's not shy about taking shots. He's not shy about getting in your face. Yeah, tucking the rim. He can certainly play and. Uh, other glass up full, we get to see more Joe Ingles. <laughs> Joe, he's going to get more minutes, more shots now yep. that Bogdanovich is out, which again, that's a glass half empty. Yeah. I think, but yeah, Jingle and Joe, he's, I think he'll flourish now with the minutes that he's going to get. Well deserved minutes. He, he's a very quality player. I, yeah. I watched the Australian Spain World Cup game only a few days ago, and he, he's a bowler as well. He, he yeah. can, and we've, and we've, and we've, he's proven it, and that's, that was my glass half full. Um, for Utah, they do have some playoff experience with this core group already um, and had some success against OKC, um, especially and Joe Eagles shutting down Paul George in that series. So um, I, I feel like they're like Denver where they're always going to be hard to beat. 
especially in the playoffs. Just the way they play, they're hard, they're gritty. They're never going to give in easily. But the glass half empty is, you know. There's a lot there. You know, yeah. Tensions between Rudy and Donovan, that's going to be there. Donovan spoke about how hard having coronavirus was, being isolated from his family, the, the whole ordeal. So he's he's discussed that. So you can only imagine that the fact that Rudy was so careless with everything is obviously going to have an impact on their relationship. They're two blokes that I think can push it aside in between the right white, white lines and, and play. Um, but there's definitely something there. Missing Bogdanovich is massive. Averaging 20 points this year. That's 16 shots a game that yeah. they need to make up for now. And like, well, Ingles is going to take a few. He's not taking all 16. And you can give some to Conley still. But then again, how good is Conley going to be? Yeah, yeah he was atrocious him. for them. Um, here's a little thing I found. So um, he's in the first five most used lineups, Bogdanovich, for Utah, um, including the first two, the ones plus. The, the, the first one is plus 12.5 points in 570 minutes. Um, the second one's plus 10.5 in 381 minutes. So that's, you know, he's he's almost their most... Could you say he's their most valuable in terms of... Missing him can be... Team, team success. Like, if he, you know, he's obviously someone they rely on in each lineup. He can, he, can, he, can pl- he can play in any system, really. He can shoot it. Um, he can defend pretty well um, for his size, so that, that's a huge loss. You can't understate how big that is to be missing him. No, you're spot on. And Jingles all cover it up to an extent, but there's only so much the big fella can do. Exactly. Jerry. They, they do have some other guys as well. Royce O'Neill. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of Royce O'Neill. Just signed his extension, and he can shoot, he can play. He doesn't have the best handle and dribble on him, but he, he, he's got a lot of game in him, and he can go down put up a few more shots and big, at least the, contribute. The biggest thing for the role players in the NBA, in the playoffs especially, is just when their numbers call, when you know, when they've got open looks, just when it's their turn just to have a positive impact. So, you know, knock down as many of those open shots as they can because um, it just takes the pressure off of Donovan and, and Rudy and the guys that are, you know, handling the ball a lot. Um so yeah, what about so another part of the glass half empty for me was Mike Conley. So what do you make of his form? It's just not it's not his style. His entire career, he's been used to a, a big man that is flat footed and can't get off the floor that much. Or a few like Zach Randolph, he's athletic. He can get up a bit, but he's not the high. I wouldn't call Rudy Gobert a high flyer, but he can get up for lobs a bit more than yeah. Say Zach Randolph and. Uh, Marcus Solk. He's not used to these it's a very different style. clinker power types that exactly you and throw it up there and there's a good chance you're going to break it. For the majority of his career, especially the last four or five years, he's had the ball in his hands come down every play and he's yeah. not used to playing a bit more off ball next to a guy and Donovan Mitchell and it's it's the first change of team in his entire career. Yeah. So it goes for something there and I, I, honestly I can see if he doesn't have a stellar playoffs and a few, few good games in the seeding games but I can see him get shipped out and then, then move on and go to something else. It might be hard to move that contract. He's still on $30 billion. But, but there are some players out there that can really help move the team and mm-hmm. change the team. That, oh, what I've been sort of pushing for a while, and I spoke to you about this the other day, is a potential move for Chris Paul. Yes. I could see that. that you, you, you bring up so many things with me. I've, I've lost track <laughs> of, of, of what you said. But yeah, continue. Something like that. Um, it, so someone like Chris Paul has the tools to play off ball and stuff like Conley doesn't. Like we've seen this year that Conley has struggled. Yeah. And although Donovan has held up his end and done all that, how much confidence do we have in Conley? Like there was talk in one stage that he was going to come off the bench. And yeah. We're going to start Joe and Bogdanovich and all that and move Mitchell to the point guard, which honestly he is. Mm. As shot heavy as he is, he's not the best playmaker now. We can still see he's better with the ball in his hands. So essentially, he is the creator, creator one way or another, and they're not going to make plays for him off the ball. And so. I think the whole Chris Paul argument. So he's proven this year that he can play with that that other guard, that other forward in 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 Shea Gilgeous Alexander, um, and can yeah, can be really effective. And he's proven he can play with Harden. So he, although Paul was a pretty ball dominant guy. He's been able to prove that he can play well with his other stars. So I feel like he'd complement Donovan 
awesome on and off the court um, as a mentor and, and be able to take the ball off of Donovan a little bit and just, you know, get him off ball, um, let, sort of take the pressure off a bit. And then obviously he can play with Rudy. And it's perfect. That's it's, DeAndre yeah, Jordan. Yeah, it's DeAndre Jordan all over again. Not quite as athletic probably, but... There are a lot of similar attributes there. Yeah, yeah. We've yeah. seen Rudy's way better than DeAndre Jordan on offense anyway. Yeah. So we've seen that. And it, it, honestly, it wouldn't be that hard of a trade to do. Like, it, it shortens the contract of Chris Paul which, although his play has been incredible this year and he's an all-star, you still don't want to be paying that guy $40 million yeah. for a few more years when you are a rebuilding team. Like You're not going to win a championship with the team you've got and you're not attracting any free agents. So it's like keep the winning attitude with the team and then making a trade for someone like Conley I don't think will diminish the team either. They can get a few more draft picks and Conley dish, and dish out Chris Paul. And Conley's going to work better with Adams than he would with Someone like Rudy Gobert. Yeah, yeah. So, I feel what the Thunder have done is they've just upped Chris Paul's trade value. So they, <laughs> like, teams actually, the whole talk going into the season was they're going to be stuck with Chris Paul. No one's going to want to trade for him. He's just going to be they're going to be stuck there paying forty million. It's like they have to give up assets to get rid of him. Yeah, yeah. And now it's almost got to the point where you there might be some teams that want to ha- want to take on that contract. New York. For one as well. Yeah. We just talked about that. Yeah. That's someone that can play with tips and have it work. And them and Minnesota as well were rumored in the off season. If Chris Paul went to New York, I would I'd be gunning for the ball to be to move there at the Knicks as well. That would be perfect. Whatever he's paying to go to the Knicks on the <laughs> betting market, I'm backing it. <laughs> Get him there. <laughs> um, in terms of matchups for Utah, so at the moment they sit fourth. Um, they're only a game clear of OKC uh, and, and Houston, sorry, game clear of both of those. Um, is there anyone they particularly don't want to face or do want to face? So they've got Denver third above them, uh, OKC fifth and Houston sixth. Is there anyone, and then Dallas is seventh, is, uh, seventh. so is there anyone in particular they don't want to face? So what do you feel like it's sort of it's, I, I, it's it's one of those similar things we talked about in the last podcast where it wouldn't surprise me if they'd gone first round and stuff, but yeah, they, they have the pieces because because the West is so even in a way that it's matchup dependent. That there's a lot of those ones where you could see it could really go either way just based on matchups, but it, I, I'm just not as confident with them going to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And what I've got written down here is although Gobert's advanced metrics put him as the fifth or sixth best on-off player in the league. He's not that in the playoffs with the slowed down pace and everything, especially with Donovan Mitchell on the ball. Like it can can work to a point, but it's not going to be a, a relied upon thing. And then you're going to have guys say if they play OKC, Adams can shut that down. You got Chris Paul and Shea to be able to guard the two guards, and it's just they they can slow it out. And I can still see, oh, I can just in the end of the day, I, I can just see them going toe to toe to seven games with most of those teams from Denver all the way down to Dallas. I think Dallas yeah. would be a shocking matchup for them. Yeah, yeah. Dallas would run them over, but I think they're going to be lucky enough to miss them in the first round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as it stands, I think they'll... I think Dallas are pretty set in the in the seventh seed. Um, but yeah, that, the three to six matchups, or the three to six teams in the West, um, are going to have some pretty entertaining uh, first round playoff matchups, I think. Mm. They're, um, yeah... Uh, there's a bunch of teams that we're probably not sure on yet. I'm not sure what they're going to provide in the playoffs. Like, it's just nothing will surprise us, I don't think. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be, going to be good to watch. It'll be, it'll be very interesting to see. It'll be good to see competitive Donovan Mitchell. Yes. And based on coronavirus stuff, I, as far as we've seen, uh, not many, if any, people have been gotten coronavirus twice. So yeah, the fact that uh, we don't want we should have fought anyone, but the fact that he's had it early, he's likely yeah. to be in for the remainder. Glass half full. Glass half full. The whole situation. Those are glass half full. Take. He, well, he's recovered. I guess that is a glass half mm. full. They, both him and Rudy came out, and they say they're feeling very, very good. So. Yeah. Well, that, that is another. I hadn't even thought of that, but yeah, no one knows if you can get it twice yet. Did that come out yet? Uh, from I heard somewhere that it's been very limited cases, but even then, it could just be prolonged symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. So, as soon as this coronavirus shit's away, the better. Exactly. <laughs> I think every, all 7 billion people in the world agree with agree me. Agree with me. I think so too. Especially the Karens at Bunnings. 
Oh. <laughs> I didn't have a sip of beer after that. <laughs> that Karen lady from Bunnings ever watches this or listens to this podcast, fuck you. <laughs> Plain and simple. Oh, the stupidity on that woman. I'm lost for words. I, I actually, I actually am lost for words. That's the thing, if, listeners. If you haven't watched it yet, find just search up Bunnings coronavirus lady. I think that'll work. Bunnings Karen, it'll likely it'll pop, up pop up as well. It is a Karen. It is. It's in. Oh man, it's trending right now, and it's idiotic. <laughs> but back on topic. But yeah, we move on. Um, so we'll move on to the two seed in the East. We'll switch conferences. We'll go to the Toronto Raptors. So, uh, defending champion champion, uh, Toronto Raptors. Give the respect where it's due. Put some respect on their name. Um, Two seed in the East, 46 and... Oh, that's bad. 46 and 18 uh, behind the Bucks. Um, Have had a lot of injuries this season. So, out of their 64 games, they've had some... Serious guys miss um, miss games. So Siakam, Lowry, Hollis Jefferson, Ibaka, Van Vliet, uh, Powell, McCaw, um, and Gasol have all missed a lot of games, especially Gasol. Um, and yet they're still the two seed. So massive props to them heading into the bubble. No, no doubt. They're still... Still, honestly, you can, you can and keep... and they're missing and they've lost Kawhi. <laughs> they've so lost like, Kawhi, it's just, exactly. You know what I mean? To be that injury prone, and it, it shows a lot of Nick Nurse's abilities, and that's I think the first glass half full. There is they probably have the best coach in the league. Yeah, and you can you can almost bank he's going to be coach of the year. Yeah, you would think. Um, the the guys they've had that were undrafted step up and just play absolute brilliant minutes for them. Terence Davis. And they've they've become, I'd almost sort of uh, describe them as a, the Richmond of the AFL in terms of the system. Is outweighs the talent that they've got. So their system is ob- is obviously so strong under Nick Nurse that despite. Missing Siakam for eleven games and Lowry for twelve. Fred um, Van Vliet, Van Vliet for time. an extended period. What's that? Uh, Sixteen games he he missed. Powell for about twenty. Yeah, Powell for about twenty. Yeah, twenty on the dot actually, and then Gasol for even more than that, almost almost thirty. Um, yeah, it just proves that their system is so strong, um, and they can. Doesn't matter who's on the floor. Um, everyone understands their role in that system, how to play, and. Um, they've won a lot of basketball games. They have. So huge, huge props. And just quietly, a lot of their guys go under the radar for the numbers they've put up this year. Like Norman Powell, 16.5 points a game. <laughs> you, you don't know about it. You don't hear no. about it at all. And on very efficient numbers. He, he's shooting 50, 40, 80, basically. Yep. 83. Like, it's unbelievable the numbers he's been putting up. And Powell's that guy... I'd, I was like a lot of the basketball community. I didn't notice him, and then all of a sudden he was helping me win my multi, and he just popped <laughs> up and was like, just getting um, offensive rebounds and putbacks. And I was like, who is this dude? I'm so around him. Um, so I'm big on Norman Powell at the moment. Oh, I'm the sad part for me as a Bucks fan. We we gave up cash. We took cash on to give the Raptors the pick to take Norman Powell, and now look at him absolutely. Yeah. NBA champion, Norman yeah. Powell. Yep. Sorry. So, and he's probably someone that that would really fit in the Milwaukee system. A hundred percent, he would have. Yeah. Like, he's, he's the type of guy that would fit in any system. And well, I, I'm just a star. I love this team. Yeah. Everyone that works there: Fred VanVleet, OG Ananobi, Marcus Sol, Ibaka. They're the type of guys that any team could want, no matter of your system that they. Yeah fit and adapt and do everything perfectly. And we haven't even mentioned Kyle Lowry. Yeah. Especially if you watched his play in the All-Star game, it really shows what he can give. He was on the court. with the, He was one of the 10 players that were on the court at the end of the game. Yep. And he was probably playing the hardest out of everyone. He was, yeah. Taking was... those charges, doing everything. And mm-hmm. it, just, it just shows that he's an unbelievable player. And hugely respected in the league. 
which is a massive thing, I reckon, for players um, that well-respected around the league. That's such a massive thing to to have for your reputation. I think it's great. Um, so that was my my glass half full. Well, actually, before I discuss that, it almost seems like so the LeBron era in Cleveland, Toronto just couldn't get past. It seemed to be they knew it. They were mentally weak in the fact that when things got tough against LeBron, you didn't see much fight back from the Raptors, especially at the end. With I think they got swept the last year, 2018, yeah. um, before they traded DeMar. They completely wiped that in a year and a half, which is amazing because you know, there's not a heap of change in their roster. Just little quiet movements. Little quiet movements. Quietly but... mark assault. Honestly, yeah. honestly, quietly mark assault. Mm-hmm. Like we noted it at the trade deadline last year, but it wasn't by no means anyone like, oh, mark assault. They're they're winning the championship. No. Like, the, yeah. I just think it's impressive that they can just, I don't know, playing a lot of sport. You don't understand as well. You know teams that have the wood over you, and you know teams that have, for me especially, teams that have come back. And from you know, had it been cut back and beat us, and the confidence is never there when you play them for me. Mm. Um, because you, you just it's in the back of your mind that you're like, this we, we we struggle to beat this team, it's hard. Um, or you know, we get to this point in the playoffs, this point in the season, and this is where we usually fault like, are we going to do it again? It's always it doesn't matter who you are, that's in the back of your mind, that's always going to pop up. And the fact that they can just flip throw it out the switch. window, flip the switch, you know, Nick Nurse coming in, that's. That's massive for them. I think that's pretty impressive. I think that's the most impressive part of their last year and a half. Not only that, their ability to draft and just, like I said, find those undrafted players. Was it the stat that there's only one guy on that team that was in, drafted in the first round or was it the lottery or something? Mm. Like Everyone's a second-round pick or undrafted. Yep. And that just goes to show just they're all humble guys. They're all not... Culture seems great. Exactly. Which is exactly... There's no... There's no you can almost say Siakam's number one guy, but it just doesn't feel like it yet. It's like, yeah. there's, a, there's a mixed feeling that no matter who goes off what night and how good anyone plays, they could be happy for a Matt Thomas to score an absolute <laughs> bag and get a triple-double or anything, which is honestly possible. Yes. Yeah. I feel the same with Boston. Mm. And, you know, exactly. Tatum and Brown don't care who scores the points. Kyrie did. <laughs> Kemba doesn't care. Exactly. Like as long as as long as they win, it's like who gives a fuck? So exactly. That that's why they're probably happy that Curry and as Bill Simmons said, drove him to the airport. <laughs> um. So my guys are four for Toronto, uh, rested, which is massive for them with the injuries they had this season. So I think everyone's healthy. Marcus Sol looks like he's seriously fit. Mm-hmm. Don't know if it was just the photo, as he said. He might he he might have said that, you know, some tan helps. I'm getting some sun and, you know, mm. particular angle of the photo. But he is in good shape. He, he definitely has lost weight. He's in better shape than yeah. what he was in, especially when he joined the league. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then that championship experience and, you know, having dealt with all the hardship during the year and now they're fully healthy. Um, it's only a small window of play where you have to nail it. So, yeah, I'm quietly confident in Toronto. I don't think the Bucks want to face them in the... I don't think any team wants to play them no. anywhere because they're one of the teams and you watch them play, you can see that they have at least unlimited amounts of defences they can throw at you. They have one of the best zone defences in the league, the man-to-man. The, the way that they guard Giannis and stop Giannis is unbelievable and that's not going to change just because they lost Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard didn't even match up on Giannis most of the time. It was the team defence, the ability that they know how to help on D and rotate and move and, and help each other out and talk. Mm-hmm. And that, like they're, they're the sec- have the second best defensive rating in the league, and it's, it's unbelievable when you watch them on defense yeah. and the talk, just the movement. Like no one can get easy shots on them, and it even looks like they can be coasting half the time. Yeah, on defense, they just know where to stand, know with their hands up. That it's not even a, a stress for them. That's how they can just easily go that's about it. That's how easy they make it look. Yeah. Mm. Um, what's your glass half empty for them? Oh. My mine for them is that. So, other teams around them are also rested. Other teams have injury worries. And to put it simply, there's no quiet to get them out of the shit, I think. They don't have that. So, so I don't think, yeah, I don't think... I'm, I'm still not at the point where, you know, there's five seconds left and Siakam's going to 
take a quiet shot. Yeah, take a quiet shot. Or, you know, like he's. I'm not sure he's quite, and that's no knock on him. Mm. He's. I mean, this year's been unbelievable in terms of where he's come from, but I just don't think he's at that level yet. Um, I mean, you can trust Kyle Lowry to a point, but always harder for those smaller guards to be consistently good in crunch time. Exactly. And in times when they're struggling. It's that lack of superstar. I mean, you have to go back to the Spurs days Mm -hmm. before you can find a team that didn't have a superstar, like like a top 10 type of player. TD? It's the 2012-2013. It would be oh, okay. Duncan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If before that, you'd go back to the Pistons yeah, and Pistons the Spurs being in the early mm-hmm. whatnot. Like, everyone else is a star. and I, You wouldn't put anyone on this Raptors team in the top 20 players in the league mm-hmm. or top 30. Even so where, no disrespect on any players. <laughs> where, do you ha- where do you have Siakam? I've done my top 20 list a fair few times and always at the end of that list, you struggle to even put guys like Ben Simmons around like 15 to 20, and I'd still comfortably put someone like Ben Simmons around there. And okay. there's a lot of other guys. Like I'd still put Chris Paul's current play around bigger than that. And it's no disrespect and like the difference level from someone like the 32nd ranked player to a 17th. There's a marginal difference yeah, and it's nitpicking. situational, but it's it, that's how good the league is. And you sort of just need that one guy who can give the ball as much to go get you a shot. And Kyle can do that at times, but it's... They lack that a little bit. You yeah. can't rely on Fred Flynn Fleet to well, have another kid and then <laughs> shoot the ball out again. <laughs> and that also brings me to a new point now. <laughs> That's a lot of pressure on his wife. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, another Fred Van Vliet, if he absolutely kills it, like he has done this season, what is it, averaging 17-something points a game, very efficient numbers, he's a free agent. And he's a free agent in a very... Thin free agency class. Yeah. If he plays brilliantly in this, and they don't make it all the way and win another chip, he's going to command a, a, a bag. Yeah. Twenty twenty five million dollars, and then it's almost like you don't want to give him the ball as much, just so you can sign <laughs> him for a little bit cheaper, and just hope that he just doesn't shine like Bismack Biyombo in the twenty fourteen playoffs <laughs> yeah. when he would go on to sign a what fifteen to twenty million dollar year. And where is he now? It's, yeah, Charlotte. Yeah, I actually don't know. <laughs> I was generally asking you that question. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd, I think he's in Charlotte. Uh, I, could, I could be wrong. Um, but like, it's not that it matters in the bubble. And then obviously, they're still going to go out there and win. And Fred's the type of guy I can still see take a bit of a pay cut. But in a way, it's almost like this team with the players they have all in pretty decent contracts and stuff like that. It could very easily come apart. And you want to mm. push for what you can and all that while you can. And Someone like Fred VanVleet, who is a very good, very underrated player, is going to get that sort of offers in yeah. free agency. And yeah. As a front office, you've got to be aware of that, especially with the play right now, but it's are um, still going to give him the ball. <laughs> You're going to let him do his thing. Like, do you think that... I mean, do you think that he... <laughs> do you think that he'd planned with his wife? Right, we're going we're gonna to nail this again. We're going to have another kid in the playoffs. Then coronavirus <laughs> came and it fucked it up. <laughs> now he's had the kid. That whole part's gone. He's just going to be rusty as shit again. <laughs> Every year, he's going to start naming the kid just things after each ring they win, you know? It's just like, oh... French Wave wife is pregnant. <laughs> Raptors, chuck them in your multi, everyone. You know, wherever, wherever <laughs> Fred is. Oh, this is sneaky five at the, you know, they're at 20 bucks to, yeah. to win the chip. Sneaky bonus bet on that <laughs> one, you're right. Um, now, there was something interesting I found in their most used lineups. Mm-hmm. So, the, so, the two that were, that were the most, that, had the biggest plus advantage in points scored. Um, had Ananobi, Gasol, Siakam, Van Vliet, and Lowry. And then in the first one, and then the third most used one, most used one, which was had the second highest point differential, um, had Powell instead of Lowry. So basically, the, line, the, the four guys I like the the most in the same lineup is Ananobi, Gasol, Siakam, uh, and Van Vliet. So I found it, and then the other, the second and fourth most used lineup was the same, but had Barker instead of Gasol, and they were 
well under in the point differential in the negative. I just found that interesting. I didn't see Gasol having that much of a positive impact compared to a Barker. I thought, thought it was a lot more even. Mm. Well, I can, I can see where you're coming from. For me, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a very big Marcus Sol fan, so I'm, I, I can it, always see his impact. Because I was thinking quiet, about, but... as well, the, the, so they're, I'd say they're pretty even on the offensive end in terms of what they bring in their three-point shooting and all that, but defensively, Marcus Sol's feet are painted on, and a <laughs> <laughs> bargain can get up and block shots, as we all know. So, I don't know. Let's not forget Marcus Sol's has a Defensive Player of the Year award. Yeah, when? What year? <laughs> 2013, maybe? <laughs> he's, yeah. he's still pretty good. Like He's not bad by any means. I have here. <laughs> like, his feet aren't moving awfully quick. He has quick. the best offensive rating on the Raptors. What? He does. In, in 538, the overall Raptor defensive ratings, he leads the team. And then, close behind him, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. Man, this is where... You and your analytics. Surge is a distant third. Yeah. Sorry to burst your bubble. He's not that great on offense. That's that's the difference. He's the eye test. The eye test is gonna over is gonna win this argument. Barker's a better defender. <laughs> that's your hot take of the hot night. Hot take hot take of the night. Barker's a better defender than Microsoft. But speaking of those advanced stats, if you look on five thirty eight and you look at their overall Raptor ratings, which is just a big a big sum of like the plus-minus numbers and mixed with their mumbo-jumbo to make a, mm-hmm. a good number to look at, they basically have one player in the negatives on the team as a, like a net negative, which mm-hmm. is generally for teams, even if you're a good team, you're going to be maybe 60-40 in terms of positive to negative players. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say that Ibaka's a, a minus 0.7, but... Even then, he's a very big plus on defense. Yeah. So, I'd, if anything, you call him even, you could say two. The big minus they have is three-time reigning champion Patrick McCall. <laughs> which no he, way! He doesn't, he doesn't even get the minutes anyway. So, that really goes to show that they have such a large different number of minutes, uh, minutes sorry, lineups yeah. that they can throw at you and they're all effective. Yeah. All, all combinations come, are effective and they can counter anything which just speaks volumes of the defense. Again. Just comes back to system for me. Exactly. The, the system. Nick Nurse. Which you don't, I don't think you see a lot in the NBA, especially these days. It's a star-driven league. You live and die by what the stars do. It's very rare you see system overrule everything else. Which and is, culture, honestly. And culture as well. So you saw that in 04 with Detroit. Um, to a lesser extent, I'll agree with the 13-14 Spurs. Um, because I think they had a little bit of star power in terms of uh, Tony Parker. And emerging quiet. Emerging quiet. And Tim Duncan still doing his thing mm-hmm. um, down low. So, yeah. I, maybe as Aussies, that's what we love. Because, <laughs> I mean, we're, we're used to watching footy. And no matter how good a star is, he's not going to win your game by himself exactly. or multiple stars. You got to—it's the system, it's the team, it's the culture that matters the most, um, which is what Toronto is. So you can't throw Patrick Cripps on the Adelaide Crows right now and hope and think you can tend him for a time. Just look back to the last three years with Carlton. <laughs> Cripps was unbelievable. You're not winning shit. Exactly. Like they were bad. <laughs> shout, Atrocious. Shout out to Will. <laughs> He did it right himself. Hope you're having fun in Perth, brother. <laughs> Miss you. Um, so now we move our attention to the Portland Trailblazers. Three and a half games back from Memphis um, into their nine seed, Memphis eight seed. Um, what were they this season? 29 and 37 uh, before the lockdown. Welcomed back, we, uh, welcome back uh, Zach Collins and Nurkic, which obviously big, big ins. Um, as they try and well, they don't have to fight back anything. They just literally have to stay put three and a half games behind, and they're oh, going to. They just have to fight all the other teams contending for. Well, them. yeah, no, but as in you know, fun. as in they have the. It depends on Memphis goes, but they have the sort of freedom where they can they're, s- they're already there. They're already yeah. where they need to be, so they just need to stick fat and do as they do as they're doing. Um, what's your glass half full? They, they have Damien Lillard. Yeah. <laughs> it's as simple as that. I love the point you just made. <laughs> it can't be it. more blunt and obvious than that. Mm-hmm. He, he is a absolute ripper player. For me, top 
top five for MVP this year. As bad as they've been, they they've been injury riddled and. Is the only reason no they're relevant ex- this season? If they don't have Dame this season, they could very easily be the worst team in the league. Yeah, and I, I could not say that enough. He, he's literally making Mallow look like a serviceable player this year. Like, <laughs> I was going to say, so you're so you. I've seen your notes written. <laughs> Disgust. What did you say about Mallow? Mallow is fucking terrible. <laughs> See, he, he so da- sucks. So Dame, I'm sorry, but he fucking sucks. Dame has brainwashed me. And so I see Mallow now as a pretty serviceable dude for he's Portland. And I'm glad he's on the roster, but you could not disagree with me more. Yeah, that's your eye test. Playing games with you. Big time. I'm a suck for the eye test. Anal- uh, Analytics-wise, and all advanced numbers will tell you, <laughs> he's... Bottom 10, bottom 5 players in the league right now. No joke. Ugh. Jordan Poole has had a better season analytically oh, no. than Carmelo Anthony. He's been horrible at both ends of the floor. He can't... He, yeah, he hits a couple mid-range shots, but he, no, they'd suck. You know, no one shoots mid-ranges. They're not <laughs> worth it. They're terrible. He's not... No, he sucks. He doesn't. shouldn't be in the league. He makes them oh, look terrible. you are going to have some haters. He cool. He has <laughs> he has cool throwback moments. So you can enjoy that. But if I cool, Chuck, let's Chauncey Billups come back to the league. <laughs> let's just invite every old guy who's all had their moment. You know, Mallow can play like, if he stands in the corner like PJ Tucker, but he can't defend to save his life. His defense, and you don't notice it as much because no one focuses on defense, but it is. Abysmal! It is shocking. What about Skinny Mallow? Is Skinny Mallow going to move his feet, Mallow's get up, block some shots? <laughs> it's Mallow. Skinny like, Mallow is, is in in town, ready to ball out. What skill? It just means he's easy to back down in the post. <laughs> he still can't move his feet any better on the perimeter where he gets beaten all the time. And even if someone does go inside on him, because he's going to be playing the four or the five almost to them, and he no, he, he can't do anything of that either. So many other players I'd rather have in the, play than him. This is the this is the glass half full I'm going to have for almost every team. They only have Mallow to nail it for such a short period. Could Mallow be that guy? He just catches fire. Anyone could. You could jump in there and catch fire. I know, I, could. I know I could. But it's like, I'm not saying you're a bad player with that as well. <laughs> but it's just, I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. He, he's, he has that veteran experience. And I'm not... Yeah. I would happily be wrong and say yeah. that, like, oh, look at him go. He's averaged 22 a game on just league average efficiency. He just held his own on defense. I'd love to see that because I think Damien Lillard deserves that type of people mm-hmm. around him, and I want to see Portland succeed. I like Portland. I love CJ. I, mm-hmm. I, I like Terry Stiles. They're a good team, but he has been horrible for them. The more shots he takes, the worse they get, and that is proven through all analytics, and you can see that, and it's... It's overshadowed by every highlight where he hits a shot. Oh, Mallow's back! He hits a fadeaway. Oh, look at him go! He's he's good, but it would be the first shot he hits in I'll, that game out of twenty attempts. I will say, especially when he like the first few games when he came back, the constant Instagram stories, Mallow's you know shot that he made. Then you check the box score. He's like he's four two, of two of eleven. 14. It's like yeah. oh shit! Like I actually filmed the two shots he made. <laughs> exactly, he's been trashed apart from that. But, um, yeah. I'm not dissing on his career <laughs> by any means. He's had a nice Mallow. career, but he's 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 not... He could be a serviceable guy off the bench. I'll say that. Playing against starters and starter-level talent, he's not going to do that. If he comes off the bench and changes who he plays against, he could have not a Lou Will-esque type of impact, but he can just do a little bit more. Well, I think that know? was... That's been the whole argument the last, what, three years with him, was that... Everyone thought if he is going to come off the bench, surely that's going to help him because he's playing against lesser guys. Well, not lesser guys, but as in guys that he would feel more confident in scoring against at a higher clip. Is that, that's, I think that's been the whole argument. That's the argument, and that's why you can hate him even more because he's too stubborn to want to come <laughs> off the bench. Although he says well, it out loud, he, all their, their top four lineups still have him playing mm. on the team, and they're all with the starters. Yeah. Like they don't want to play him with the bench units, and that's I don't know. I don't know why for starters you wouldn't just just chuck him on the bench. It always, but I I can also see because do you want the ball in your bench unit to be stuck in the hands of one dude? 
and then all the guys and then just everyone else waiting around the perimeter, waiting to try and get a rebound or get back on defense. When I think the second unit you want energy, you want movement, just like stuff happening because you, especially for Portland, you can't bank on anyone like a Lou Will coming in to dominate. Um, That's another letdown as well on the team. Anthony Simons. Simmons, yeah. Simons. Mm. Expected to have a very big breakout season after he, I think he had a bit of, he played Team USA, I think, and he played all right. I didn't think he made the final squad, but mm. I think he practiced with him. Mm. And he's just been leading up to an eventual big breakout, which I thought could be this season. And I was eventually, part of me has always thought, okay, if they break it up, you could trade CJ. Like, you know, they don't want to get rid of Dane. You can trade CJ and still have someone like Red, uh, sorry, have someone like Anthony Simons come up and have a similar role. Like, He's not going to, I wouldn't put him as good yet as someone like that, but Dame loves him and he could do that. But he, this year, he's been worse than Malo actually analytically. They've had two guys in their team that have just been shocking. And Simon, he just not hasn't caught fire at all this year. Nothing from the very beginning, he just hasn't found his groove. So that's another thing you can't rely on as well. They don't have any of those bench scorers. They don't mm. have any, a lot of guys you can just rely on, honestly. And they don't have any of those. Three, four type of players on the wing as well that can just do what you want them to do. Mm-hmm. My my mellow argument. I've had this written down. So three of their first four most used lineups have him in there, and oh sorry, so four of them have him in there, mm-hmm. and three of those four are all plus in the points column. So what do you think about that? Plus in the points column could mean they score more. Does it mean it's more efficient? <laughs> it could just mean that the pace is higher and it's going up. But I mean, it's um, now the so the glass half empty for for me is that they do have a tough schedule. Um, it's the first game they have against Memphis is obviously huge because that can it's set up they can set up their whole their whole postseason. Um, that's that's basically a playoff game right there. But then they have Boston, Houston, Denver, the Clippers, Philly. So that stretch there is their super tough stretch. And they have Dallas and Brooklyn to finish. Um, yeah, they lose to Memphis. I think they're out. It's pretty, yeah. I mean, that'll, yeah, I mean that, that puts them on the brink of the what they have to be within Memphis to, to make the playoff. And then you've got to try and... I mean, those first, those second the Boston, Houston, Denver, Clippers, Philly. That little was it two five game stretch. Um, you basically got to win two, three of those. Mm. And I mean, yeah, and with Dame, we, you know, you know but, Dame can just turn it on. You increase his usage, turn Mallows down. <laughs> <laughs> increase Damian Lillard's usage, like we've seen in the playoffs. He can produce. And these eight games are going to be playoff intensity games. Yeah, but that's that's five tough matchups, mm. like tough to have the pressure of yeah. having to be within, and then you got to wait because Memphis's run certainly isn't as strong as that. Um, so Memphis have obviously Portland, then they have the Spurs, the Pelicans, the Jazz, OKC, and then Toronto, Boston, Milwaukee finish. So that's a tough road to uh, end to finish. On, but also those last three, especially the last two, they're those Boston and Milwaukee, and they're probably set in their seeding. So, are they in those last two games, are they going to be going for as exactly. much as uh, Memphis are? You can pro- probably not, especially Milwaukee in that last one, they're going to be locked into where they are. So, there's a good chance they'll rest. Same with Boston, and probably same with Toronto by that point. I mean, they're you know, that's the third last game before the playoffs, there's a good chance Toronto are settled uh, in that two spot. So, um, Mem- it's all there for Memphis. Although they've been hurt by the fact that they're going to have a playoff if they're within four games, and that whole thing doesn't make any sense. But um, their run's better, and yeah, Portland have a tough stretch. Yeah, according, no according to 538s, um, I've gone off a lot of 538 today. Yes. Very reliable Shout website. out 538. Have, have, Big a look, time. have a look at their NBA predictions. They've always been some of the most relied upon. They take a lot of ELO ratings and stuff, which I'm not going to dive into now. Just accurate season-wide ratings. And they have their season predictors, and they currently have the Blazers 
at a 13% chance of making. Yeah. Making the... So is it, it was, so everyone's almost jumped on the bandwagon that Portland are going to make it. Memphis aren't. Portland are a good chance to, with their new ins, uh, back from injury, that they're going to all of a sudden make the conference finals, which I'm just not buying into looking at their schedule, who they have to beat, relying on Memphis to also lose. I just, I'm not... I'm not buying into Portland just yet because there's so much stuff that has to go into them winning. Uh, or, sorry, to making the playoffs. But then with coronavirus, I mean, nothing surprised me. So it wouldn't surprise me if they did make it and exactly. then made the second round. Like, that's just not a thing that surprised me. And let's not forget, we haven't even seen their lineups with Nurkic and with Collins yeah. and seeing how they're going to play. And do you bench Whiteside now? Do you? Yeah. Who do you start where? We, I mean, Whiteside is injured at the moment, so that's probably a blessing in disguise. Mm. How long is he out for? Not, no, it's not nothing big, but just uh, he's missed, hasn't played in the scrimmages yet. Honestly, probably. But, I mean, are we forgetting that Nurkic and Collins haven't played all year? Yeah, exactly. And you're just expecting them to come in and be After this good big break straight away. Well, they haven't yeah. played competitive basketball in a while. Nurkic did look good in their first warm-up game. Yeah. And he's the type of guy that I don't think is that going to going to be that hindered. Injury is an injury itself, but missing time in general. He's not the type of guy that strikes me. as mm. and His energy level's there non-stop. And yeah. you see that around the club and everything on, mm. on their bench. But yeah, and he, and he did have that first good game for them and he can be alright but then what is their lineup going forward who, who who fits in where like what what can you see as their current starting five lineup? well so, so Damon Seed and then so Collins has been off the bench well he the or, first few games for them I think he started he before, before they got Mallow okay yeah so I mean do you, I mean, do you push Mallow to the three because they no, do also have there's no Ariza Blazemore uh, Blazemore Blazemore <laughs> alright Kent Blazemore yeah. we're sticking with that Let's get a couple Kent Blazemore games. <laughs> um, so they, I mean, they have some, with those two back, they have some flexibility now where they can probably throw some different lineups at these teams and and can switch on the fly a bit depending on who they're playing in these eight games. So that, that is definitely a positive, but um, I mean, that's it's just a long time for Collins and Nurkic to not have played a proper NBA basketball game and you expect them to come back and be good straight away. I mean, exactly. I'm just thinking back to... I try to think about myself personally. If I have a, I'd f- a full week off from injury last year in footy, and when I came back, I was, for the first five minutes, I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I had no idea what was going on, because you just... Out of that, I don't know, the regularity of playing and the intensity and, you know, everything that goes on in a game. So, I just don't think we can bank on those two being good immediately. So like, like yeah. straight straight to last last year, DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah. We saw that comes back in the playoffs and yeah, he had some serious injuries, but like it's similar sort of thing. Like he did not dominate. He was a shell of himself. De- de- like, serviceable, no doubt. And I don't think they're gonna be bad for Portland. But, but not relied upon not that, instantly, to that level. you know, doesn't have that current chemistry and thing. And although, although Nurkic has played with Damon CJ a bit, it's still a little bit different. Yeah. It's gonna take some getting used to because not everything's and the exact that's same. Dame's so used this season to doing everything. Exactly. He's he's used to that. Him and Whiteside have a very relied upon game together. Mm-hmm. Although Whiteside hasn't been good. Yeah. He hasn't been good at oh, Forget yeah. what you can see by our test. He hasn't been good. The analytics. It's like, that's that's where the eye test should tell you because you're going to exactly. block some shots, but he's also going to leak you like 30 points a game. Exactly. He doesn't defend anyone. He can just, he's athletic and can time his block well, but he's not, he can't actually defend mm. or just he, choose he not to. just jump and try swat it. Like, I'd rather have Bol Bol in there. <laughs> you know, Bol from college Bol Bol. You yeah. know, like, I'd be more relied upon that. He has, it seems like more defensive awareness than mm. Hassan Whiteside does. Like, that's another thing as well. Hassan Whiteside's kind of playing for his contract right now. He is. Is he going to be annoyed and angry at the front office if they bench him? How's that going to look? Yeah, well, I mean, he said he was the best player out of his draft. Exactly. I didn't even have the redrafted top 10, so... <laughs> So, that, yeah, that so, probably, so yes, he probably will be pissed off. In a, in a turmoil within the team, not what you want right now. And, nah. And not yeah. something that I think Portland would be used to either, having that sort of almost tension. Mm. They've been pretty stable They've had one for, of a long, for a long time. Yeah, Davis. In a long time, yeah. You know, a, a, um, long-serving coach. Um, 
a star player that is a great culture guy, um, great great locker room guy. So they're not probably used to having someone can, like that. Can we say could you know two star guys? I the disrespect on oh, CJ McCullum. It's Dame's team. It's Dame's team, but so he, he's the dude that he's setting uh, yeah, setting the culture. He's leading. All Sorry, that. just my mindset then went like CJ. He's, he's not, that, you, not that you had any disrespect, but he's. <laughs> Very underrated player. He is. He's the ability to get like he takes some of the most open shots in the league, but the create uh, the separation he makes on a lot of his shots. Yeah, shots. Yeah, <laughs> a couple. It's late. It's yeah. late. Um. Uh, I might. I'm gonna do the old read into the first scrimmage too much. Did you see his open dunk he did? No, I did not actually. He got rim blocked. CJ McCollum. Yeah. He still. That straight. means he's trash. <laughs> It's only one game. <laughs> um, but yeah, so very interesting Portland. Um, lot has to go right. We can't underestimate that. A lot of a lot of things have to go right for them to win. It's basically all in their hands. You're going to be banking on chemistry straight away. Um, Dame trusting Collins and Nurkic again, and they've been able to produce. So that'll be fun to watch. That'll be someone that you'll be. You know that that race with Memphis. That's going to be the. Probably the talking point of the whole, and the whole New bubble. Orleans as well. And New Orleans as well. Well, now that Zion's back, exactly. so that's definitely exactly. Without Zion, I sort of I yeah. left New Orleans out of that race. But with him back, that's a massive chance. So, hmm. I mean, everywhere else almost seems pretty locked in in terms of not locked in where they're going to finish, but locked in about you know, sort of who they might be playing in the first round. Like everyone's pretty settled. Washington aren't making the East out of the nine seed. But so this is going to be the talking point of the whole bubble, I think, mm. leading up to the playoffs. These eight games with these three teams are going to be, yeah, massive. And there's certainly, I feel like there's a lot riding on this Portland team. I mean, mm. it, they've been together for that long, yeah. and with the amount that teams, like how quickly, sorry, teams get blown up in, in this league, if they have a very, very bad few games, is is it almost time where they consider trading some of their players, trading yeah. one of CJ or Dame. I don't see them getting rid of Dame. Mm, yeah. And they've just re-signed both to extensions quite recently. But honestly, they, the, the questions are going to ramp up again as they have yeah. the last few off-seasons. There's a certain... It can only be at their level for a certain period before fans start asking questions. The front office is going to be saying, what else do we need to do to, to get over that hump? Um, and, you know... With the Warriors maybe coming back next year as a threat again, and all the young teams getting better, better. It's like you already have. Like it almost seems like CJ and Dame are playing at the best they can right now. Yeah, I think of, they are. They were relying on that guy like Anthony Simons to come in and actually play well, and this year Little to come in and play well, but they haven't. Mm-hmm. And they, all those Zach Collins, we still haven't seen much what he can do, but it's that you don't get the the feeling that he's going to still be a game changer for them. Yeah, I feel he's going to be that consistent third guy. Exactly, that's um, going to do what they need him to yeah. so it's like when the, if it seems like it's only going to be on a downward trend as good as Dame is they might just need a shake up and if they as bad it is, as it is to say it's they could be in for a very very rough off season if things don't go their way Yeah, these grading games or playoff games definitely something to think about mm. because it's been a big sample size with very big Dame and CJ I mean they've, they've done what I like teams to do and, and stick with what they've Got and give it everything. I like just throw everything at it and change a few things here and there. Have you know bring some different guys in to try and fill those roles. But yeah, it's a big sample size they've had now. Where yeah, just, something's going to have to change eventually. I think because it can only be around that sort of three, four, five seed for so long before. And they can have the argument they made the conference finals last year, but like we spoke about again in the last podcast, how much of that is situational with the matchups that they had. Yeah, like yeah, they outplayed the the OKC Thunder yeah. and they played a not great Denver team like they're all good sorry they're a good team they, they, but they're not a good Denver team that I don't think is great in the playoffs exactly they've got the the 2017 2018 Toronto Raptors curse right now mm, exactly so it's the, where, what's the direction now like yeah. they're in a they're in a not great situation salary wise they've fully maxed out the salary almost in the players that they have now yeah. and if they can't afford they're not going to attract many minimum free agents, like mm-hmm. minimum level salary free agents. So, interesting to watch. Mm. Um, any more to discuss on Portland? I think I think we've pretty much covered it all. I think we have to. Um, well, Will, thanks for joining us again. 
Thanks for giving us your room to record. <laughs> anytime, anytime. The new uh, recording studio here. Yeah, it's going great so far. So, uh, yeah, thanks for jumping on the show again, my friend. Uh, another big head chat. Um, and we'll see you next time when we do... I'm not going to say who we have for the next three, but some good teams to discuss and uh, as we get closer and closer to the bubble. So thanks for coming. Uh, lovely. Thank you all. Thank you all.